This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. When I get the carpets clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean, and I won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean, plus the fourth room is free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. We're going to talk to David Locke here momentarily. His uh, visit on the Big Show presented, as always, by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Get his thoughts on the finals. What's going on over there? Got a weird think, look on your face. No, what are you think, planning? Uh, no, I was thinking something funny, but it has nothing to do with uh, David Locke. And it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing inconsequential, as far as you know. <laughs> it's been a weird day today, hasn't it? Way weird. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? Magic mushrooms? No. I beg your pardon. I've never done that. This week? Never. What did I have for breakfast? I think I had some, uh, I, I had some, uh, a trail mix crackers. Pretty good, actually. Not bad. Trail mix crackers? How do you make trail mix into a cracker? I don't think they did. I like them. They're good. A little bit on the sweet side, but good. This is just <laughs> thrilling. Okay. It's almost as thrilling as when I was describing the sandwich I was making back in the day, the cheese sandwich. I remember that. Uh, wow. <laughs> it stands out in your mind. Not in a good way. <laughs> of course not. No. Did right. I tell you I watched 100 Rifles last night? Did you I did. That? You mentioned that. Yeah, that was that was a highlight of the show for me. <laughs> I was right off the bat. That As I mentioned, David's visit brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah's in extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke, what's going on, David? Not much. I'm just sitting here in the blistering sun on the hottest day in Salt Lake. Save water. Yeah, no kidding. Smart rain. Smartrain.net. That's right. Do everything. Don't have the don't have your faucet running when you're brushing your teeth. Don't do you know all those things. You know, and another thing that folks can do is like when you're turn your shower on, you know, and you want uh, to uh, to wait for the water to warm up. Capture that in a bucket and use it later. That's a California boy right yep, there. Indeed. That's a California boy. Exactly you and I grew up in California and close enough at the same time. Did you shower in, in uh, garbage cans too? <laughs> I never did that. No. Did you grow yeah, up in California? Shower in garbage no, cans. I just yeah. lived there. Well, well, you, were in Southern California. you were in Southern California, right? You just stole yeah. all our water while we had to conserve. I remember that. 
Yeah, how's Owens you Lake? Southern California how's, pigs. How's, how's Owens Lake doing these days? Didn't they? Have That's to, right. Have Southern California just use all our water. Northern California, we were showering in garbage cans. <sighs> I'm just trying to drink more beer. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. See, you know what? I, I, I don't know if you know this story about me, but in 19, um, this is actually a totally crazy story. But in 1986, which is in the middle of still communist Russia, I went to the Soviet Union. Wow. And um, you literally brushed your teeth with vodka because hmm. um, you didn't trust the water. You want to hear the craziest part about that well, story? Well, real to... quick, that would probably kill yeah. the germs, I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, you know? true, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I learned how to I learned how to drink at sixteen years old in <laughs> the Soviet Union. Um I well, went as an unaccompanied minor in nineteen eighty six to the Soviet Union. How's that? What was it like over there, Dave? Um so I it was incredible. Um, you know, it was not advanced at all and yet the people were I went and, you know, did all the things I wasn't supposed to do, like, you know, met up with other kids in town and stuff like that and traded Levi's for flags and Russian dolls. And they, you know, those kids seemed fine. They were scared. Um, We did have an interesting thing. We went skiing in what's now probably where the Olympics were in Sochi. um, And we went into town after skiing for a little while. I mean, I have a million stories on this, but, um, and we were drinking Piva on the um, deck of this little like town shop and all the people would say hi to us. And all of a sudden they stopped and we noticed there were two guys across the street that were watching us, which we're pretty certain were KGB. Mm-hmm. Um, though I saw the bread lines that existed, you know? So, I mean, it was just an incredible trip. I was obsessed as a kid. I didn't understand why I was supposed to hate these people. Um, as a cold war product, it made no sense to me that a kid's born to parents in Russia and Moscow and I'm born in San Francisco and we're supposed to not like each other. That made absolutely no sense to me as a child. And so I was completely kind of obsessed with the Soviet Union and I just had an opportunity to go and my dad was supposed to go with me and then he couldn't go for work reasons. And I somehow have no idea this day how I talked my parents into it. I mean, I think by being just such a total pain in the ass that they had no choice, Um, but they let me go. And I went to the Soviet Union with a group of adults uh, in 1986, it was amazing. Did like, you ever feel? Some, did you ever feel threatened or uh, insecure? No, 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 no. I mean, there were some weird, scary, like just child. Like, I mean, like the two funny stories would be one that, like, I you know fought like hell to be able to go, and like was totally such a pain that my parents finally relented. And then when the plane pulled out of San Francisco to go meet the group in Seattle, I was sitting there on the plane and I was just bawling like a terror, just pure, pure terror, right? As you would expect a 16-year-old to at that point and going without his parents. And the poor guy sitting next to me on the plane was like, if you ever flown before, you'll be okay. And so I was like, I've, I've flown a lot and just really scared of this trip. I'm going to the Soviet Union without my parents. Like, can you imagine? That guy's got to be like, what? <laughs> And then the other one that, like, you wonder about the group leaders on this one, but we got to Helsinki to connect to go to Kiev, and a Russian or Soviet team had gotten uh, needed the Soviet sports team needed the seats on the plane, so they they just arrived. They didn't have to get tickets. They just caught on the plane, and they bumped a bunch of us. So I actually got bumped. Well, at 16, as an unaccompanied minor in Helsinki, flying the Soviet Union, suddenly, like at the time, I thought on my own. And um, 
And so, like, I remember them saying, oh, you don't have to worry about it. We'll get you a hotel, and we'll give you this money for dinner. We have a nice res- reservation for you at a really nice restaurant. And then I was like, I'll stay here. I'm good. I'll stay right here. I don't need to leave this airport under any circumstances. Yeah, your flight's not for, like, 40 hours. I was like, I'll stay here. I'll sleep in the airport. Like, I was so scared. Luckily, this was a super nice family. Um, actually, it was the Allsop family. Do you remember the Allsop tape cleaner, uh, like, CD cleaners and and cassette cleaners, and, and they made the Allsop uh, shock absorber pole. There was a really fascinating family. Anyway, they, they were there, and they took care of me, kind of took me under their wing. But um, but it was kind of a funny turnaround. Like I was, you know, all my guts and fight with my parents, and then those two experiences, I was just, like, utterly terrified. So, you know, much bravado led to much much tears. So, David, uh, let me ask you about uh, the series that opened last night. What, what do you make of it? When we talked with you earlier, you thought neither one of these teams – well, I don't want to speak for you, but my interpretation of what you said is that uh, they might not be necessarily top-quality championship-type quality. But uh, what do you make of what's happening? I might be wavering a little bit on Phoenix after last night. And, I mean, they were – they're really playing. I mean, Chris Paul – you know where Chris Paul is right now? Chris Paul's the player we always dreamed John Stockton would be, right? Like, we always wanted John to shoot more and shoot more and take over the game offensively with his 50% shooting and his great pull-up jump shot. And, like, that's what Chris Paul's doing right now. Conducting the game with the dominant passing, with the incredible understanding of angles. Like, he's so amazing. He does remind – he's the only player who reminds me of Stockton. He's the only point guard I've seen since Stockton reminds me of Stockton. There was a fast break last night. And it's such a simple, basic play, but so few guys do it. Just a fast break that he took all the way to one step inside the free throw line just to sag that defender so he could kick it back out to Mikel Bridges for open three. Like, it's just most guys are making that pass two steps earlier and then Mikel Bridges isn't open or they're taking it into the teeth of the defense and missing the layup. Like, he's just – he's the best since Stockton. He's the best angle player, ball mover, passer, conductor. He hit Devin Booker on a play last night for an, a three on the right wing off a – it was a pick-and-roll action with a pin down on the side. I don't even know how that pass got there. Like, I, I, I actually don't know how Devin Booker was open, and he actually wasn't. Just Chris Paul passed him open. Like, John Stockton used to pass guys open. I haven't seen anyone since Stockton. Maybe I'm forgetting Jason Kidd's ability. That would be kind of the other one. But – but Jason Kidd didn't have the shooting ability that Stockton and Chris Paul have. So Chris Paul, like 70-whatever, eight points in the last two games, he is just – that's incredible. At 36, it's even more remarkable. And then when you just – they're long and athletic, and DeAndre Ayton's bona fide. Phoenix Phoenix, pretty dang good. I, I don't – you know, I don't think they're probably one of the dominant teams, and maybe they'll come back next year and do it again if they do it this year. And I'll really eat crow for this comment, but I don't feel like they're one of the dominant teams, but I'm not sure the league is built right now for teams to be as dominant as some of the great teams we've seen. David, uh, to you and other math-oriented basketball people out there, mid-range has become a dirty word. Uh, and I, so I'm curious, to what do you think about the Suns, who are using the mid-range often and seemingly pretty effectively? I thought Toronto did this best a few years ago when Toronto basically with said to Kawhi Leonard, like, okay, you can shoot in the mid-range, and Kyle Lowry, you can shoot in the mid-range, and everybody else, shoot threes or at the rim. And so I think there's something to that in this in this conversation of, like, the mid-range is, yeah, if you want to shoot 50% or 53%, 
from the mid-range like some of these guys are, then of course you can shoot mid-range jumpers. The problem with the mid-range jumper is that the league average on that shot is 40%, and the league average on the floater is 40%. But if you're Trey Young, there's nothing about you that's average. And if you're Devin Booker, there's nothing about you that's average. And if, you know, and if you're Chris Paul, there's nothing about you that's average either. So in those circumstances, then I do think it's probably just fine. And there are some ways in which if you're using the entire floor – you're taxing the the floor differently and forcing the big and the defenses to play in a different manner, and so that gets you know that gets under that gets difficult for the defense to handle. So, so in those circumstances, I, I think that's fine. Like that makes that makes some sense. But I don't want Cam Johnson pulling up for a mid range, and if Jay Crowder takes one, I'm gonna have to you know <laughs> scream at him. And you know, frankly, DeAndre Ayton used to take 17 foot jump shots, and I don't need that either. So. Um, you know, if you're going to pick and pop, pop to three. If you're going to, if you're going to roll the basket, roll the basket. If you drive, get to the basket. But if you're Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and you're, you know, for every time Chris Paul pulls up from 15 feet, he's probably also creating a slam dunk for DeAndre Eaton floating to the basket uh, or rolling to the basket. In that case, these are fine. Like they, they open up other opportunities, but it depends on personnel. Like nothing, nothing about this is static in that sense. So, David, other than uh, a quick heel by uh, Giannis, uh, what can Milwaukee do to, to beat that team? So, if I'm Milwaukee, the thing that's most concerning to me, and frankly, if I'm the Utah Jazz, maybe the thing that's most concerning to me is the fact that Brooke Lopez got played off the floor last night. Um, that, that would be the most bothersome thing to me of what happened in that game because Brooke Lopez makes Milwaukee – a little bit of, of, of who they are and what they do in the sense that he denies shots at the rim. He's able to take away, and then he's also able to spread to three, and then he can guard DeAndre Eaton. Like one of the things that was most telling is Milwaukee had its best success when Brooke Lopez was off the floor, and I think you'll see more and more of that in the series. Um, but when Chris Paul came on the pick and roll and they began to figure it out, DeAndre Eaton's rolling. The weak side defender coming in was Patrick Collinson. He's 6'4". DeAndre Eaton's 7-1. Brooke Lopez is on the floor, and they're able to play their drop big style, which they, they couldn't for much of the game. Well, even if you Or even if you bring Lopez up, that weak side defender might be Giannis, who's 7-1. Or it might even be, depending if you can move guys around, it could be Middleton or P.J. Tucker. But when it's suddenly you're playing small, and so now you're playing, you're switching, or when they switched, they got embarrassed, and when they still play drop big in that style – and they brought Giannis up a little higher, then Aiton's rolling the basket on a smaller guy. So um, I, I think, you know, DeAndre Aiton really becomes a force in this series. In his, if, they can play, if they're playing these guys off the floor so they can't go with their regular lineup and then they're able to keep DeAndre Aiton, that's a, that's, that's a big deal. Who's got the coaching advantage in the series, David? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think media is horrendous at evaluating coaching. How's that? Right? Because <laughs> Quinn Snyder had the coaching advantage on Tyron Lue, but Tyron Lue had the personnel versatility advantage on Quinn Snyder. So, like, the fact that Tyron Lue was able to go to one more move along the way that Quinn Snyder couldn't didn't have a match to, does that mean that Tyron Lue is a better coach than Quinn Snyder? Well, in that series, he pulled all the right levers – and Quinn didn't have a counter to his final lever. Is that so? I, I don't know. Like both these guys are fabulous. The fact is, there's 30 coaches in the NBA. 
25 of them are great. The five that are bad are so abundantly obvious when you watch them, and only a few of them are still employed. Only one of them I can think of. Um, and so I think that when you, you know, when you have Mike Budenholzer against Monty Williams, you got two pretty good coaches. And I'll give Monty Williams a lot of credit because I think one of the most undervalued aspects of coaching is getting guys to play hard and play together. Um, and when you like, that's what Nate McMillan did in Indiana. And then they went and got like Nate Yorkman and the guys didn't play hard anymore. And Indiana became terrible. And then Nate McMillan went to Atlanta. He's not an excess and it was genius. He builds a culture and they play hard. Monty Williams has always been that. The Pelicans always played hard with Monty Williams. Some of his X's and O's were dreadful. He ran like big to big cross screens for Anthony Davis in the middle of the 2000s. Like, what are you doing? But if you watch him now, they've really evolved. He's evolved. He's taken the time in Oklahoma City and in San Antonio and going through the life tragedy he's been through. And he's, they're running great stuff. That pick play I talked about earlier, a high pick and roll with a pin down on the weak side at the same time, that's a great set. Like, it's really hard to guard. Very reminiscent of the stuff we run where you multiple players have to be acting right at the same time. So I don't think I have a coaching advantage in this one. I'm certainly not with the Bucks fans who seemingly are critical of Mike Budenholzer. He's been pretty fabulous over the years. So, David, uh, you, you addressed this. Let me, let me take it a slightly different angle. Are you enjoying what you're seeing? Do you look forward to the games left in this series? Because earlier in the show, Jake and, uh, and Austin kind of, eh, they're, not, they're not that switched on by what's happening here. I find it really interesting. Where are you? Oh, I thought game one was, was interesting. I mean, the Chris Paul story, I, I don't like Chris Paul a great deal. I think, you know, for whatever reason, probably none good. Um, you know, maybe back to rooting for Darren Williams against Chris Paul, right? Like, he's always been kind of our antagonist. But frankly, this story is becoming pretty amazing. 36 years old, playing the level he is, a game that seemingly has moved away from him, but he's mastered the art of the mid-range to such a point. The other one is just incredible. I mean, he simply never takes the ball to the rim anymore, and yet he's found a way to be successful. It's pretty awe-inspiring. Devin Booker's emergence. You know, DeAndre Aiden's kind of a pretty neat story, frankly, Everyone wants to talk Trey Young and Luka Doncic, and that's all anyone's ever talked about. Maybe Phoenix wasn't wrong with that pick, and he's the number one pick of the draft. And, you know, frankly, you know, Giannis, Giannis is the greatest story the league has. Like, anyone who's gone into Giannis' life story, the kid sold trinkets on the streets in Greece. His brothers used to play games where they only one could be on the floor at the same time because they only had one pair of shoes between the three of them. Right? Like, Greece didn't classify them as citizens. The 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 way those African immigrants have been treated in Greece is, is at times been despicable. Um, you know, I think it's he's and then he's come to the U.S. from his smoothie tweet on. It's one of the great stories in the league. So I, I find the personalities in this series are real, and the X's and O's in Game One actually had a lot going on. Mike Budenholzer was scrambling in every which way, and Monty Williams had an answer for all of it. David, I have no idea why I'm asking you this question, but it just popped into my mind. Who do you think is the most overrated NBA player? Who does the public love that mm. really isn't that good? Oh, that's fascinating. Off the top of my head, Kyrie needs to win pretty soon um, on his own before he gets, or else he's going to get classified as someone who's detrimental to his team. Russell Westbrook in the long term, I think, is probably the player you're talking about just because he's so inefficient um, offensively. Um, 
trying to think of who else is on my inefficient offensive players that everyone likes so much. Um, you know what? Sorry, Jake. I don't have a. I didn't have a lot of time before that one to think about it. I blindsided I mean, you with my, it. My good. initial instinct is probably Westbrook, but like on one thing I would say about Westbrook is Russell Westbrook forces his teammates to play at an incredibly high level, and his teams win games, right? So like, I think you know they probably he's a detriment in his inefficiency offensively and his lack of interest defensively. And I think he at times would be a tough teammate to play with because you aren't allowed to grab a rebound. Um, but he so plays he, hard. I mean, he, you he can't question how so, hard he plays. Right. He plays yeah. so hard and with such force that he forces, like if he was on the jazz, we have a pretty team that's generally play hard. And I would say that every single player on our team would play harder if Russell Westbrook was on the team. And I'd also say that the amount of players you can say that about in this league are like four. Yeah, right. I agree with that. So it's pretty hard to call Russell. Russell. So Russell Westbrook, I would say his numbers are the most, like, I pop a balloon in those. I'm pretty uninspired by him. But him as a player, I'm, it's pretty great. It was DeMar DeRozan for me for a long time, but he's actually changed. I would have gone with LaMarcus Aldridge for a while, but he retired. So I don't, really, I, I don't have one for you. David. I'll try to prepare this for next time. <laughs> uh, David, map out the Jazz's offseason for us, especially uh, circling the uh, negotiation with Mike Conley and then the draft uh, picking 30th. What, 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 what do you think is the best course of action? I think the first course of action actually is to move out of the 30 spot. Having a guaranteed contract on the 30th pick of the draft is not ideal for us if somebody's willing to take that pick from us and we can go get a second-round pick or move in some capacity, I think that would probably be a good thing for us at the luxury tax. The chance of that player being able to contribute, having that number locked in for two or three years is not a value to us. The chance that the 30th pick is going to have an impact on winning over the next two or three years, it seems unlikely. So the first thing I would say is you try to move that to give you some roster flexibility and tax flexibility. The second is obviously you've got to read Mike Conley's wishes. Like, is Mike Conley interested in coming back? There's nine point guards that could start in the NBA that have an opportunity to change teams this league. There's three, maybe four franchises that have cap space that are little legitimate playoff teams. There's maybe two that are legitimate title contenders, maybe one. And then there's some sign and trade things. I think if, in, you know, the question's going to be, is somebody going to offer Mike such an obscene number that he, it, it blows the jazz out of the water and it's just a bad move. If, if someone doesn't do that and you can kind of keep in the ballpark, the jazz are probably as good an option. Dallas would be the one question mark there that might be a better option. Or does Mike just have a really big desire to have a, a large market experience? Chicago has cap money. Um, New York has cap money. Those teams could, could jump and board. That's the first thing you've got to know. But quite frankly, there's another thing I think the Jazz have to know, and this is, you know, this is the cruelty of the business because we love all these guys. But I think the Jazz have to run around the horn with Jordan Clarkson, with Boyan Bogdanovich, with Joe Ingles, maybe with Royce O'Neal. That frankly, I find that contract almost too good to trade. Um, all of those Derek Favors and see what other options the Jazz have, and if they don't have any other options at that point, then. You know, you have to consider whether maybe the way you're changing the roster is a sign and trade with Mike Conley. If that's, you know, if that's, um, 
if that's the one thing. I mean, I, I, I would I would assume that you can try to do some other things. And, and the other question would be, you know, whether or not you you actually do want to change your roster or not. Maybe the feeling is you don't you don't need to change your roster that much um, in what you're doing. Is is instead is that you're um, is that you're you're sorry uh, that you're that you're you know you decide your roster's good enough. We were the best team in the regular season. We got a bad matchup, and you're fine. But it, it, it's pretty complicated. But I do think you have to run around the league and see what Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, and Royce O'Neal will yield you. Because if the answer is nothing. Then you have to approach the Mike Conley situation possibly different because you have to know at that point if we're re-signing Mike Conley, we're running the exact same team back. Okay, that's fine, or we're not fine with that. We need to do something else. David, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Okay, talk to you soon. See you, buddy. It's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Let's get back out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew... Uh, some listeners out there might be dealing with some stuff, whether it's side effects from the pill or maybe they're, you know, in denial a little bit about uh, what they're dealing with in the bedroom. They don't need to do that anymore. No, they don't. And I would say this. If you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, if you're frustrated in the bedroom, feeling too young and too healthy, uh, you are so normal. All your friends, your buddies you're playing golf with, they're probably thinking the exact same thing about themselves. So many guys experience decreased blood flow as they age, as we live. And our acoustic wave therapy repairs that exact thing. With pressure waves, it opens up and regrows the blood vessels, improves circulation, gets guys off of the pill, and the intimacy. That is what it's all about. It improves. The relationship improves. We've seen a lot of guys uh, leave here feeling a lot better about themselves and seeing their overall happiness improve because this aspect of their life is no longer an agitation. I would guess turning back the clock would be a big deal to a lot of guys. It is a big deal. And we can turn back the clock uh, depending on your situation, 10, 20 years. We've seen that. We've heard that from patients. In fact, regularly, guys tell us it has been described as life-changing. Clinical studies have called this the new standard of care for ED and the pill may someday be a thing of the past. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. You're doing a free doctor's visit and some other incentives today. Yes. Leave your wallet at home. This is a lot of free. The exam, the assessment, and blood flow ultrasound uh, with our medical doctor, no charge. You get the very popular gift that I don't think I've ever seen fail, produces immediate results in the bedroom, and blood work and testosterone totally free if you feel like you've got a need for that uh, to our new patients as well. Give us a call now. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. That's the number, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. There you go, our friend Andrew Reinhardt. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is the Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 
caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, there's the sounder. 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. It's a win ticket Wednesday. If you're the 12th caller, you're going to win tickets to see the Bees. They'll wrap up their six-game homestand against the River Cats. On Thursday, July 13th, come out and support the Bees. It's better at the ballpark. Tickets go on sale or are on sale now, slbees.com. We've got that game. Four pack of tickets to go to the Bees game on July 13th. Sounds good to me. Yeah, summer uh, summer at the ballpark is pretty sweet. Yeah. One of my more preferred summer activities. We should do that. Well, it's kind of hard for you with the Yawns. It is. Although I got to tell you, this I, I got uh, tickets to Tim's show, so I'm gonna go out there this weekend. As am I. Which day are you going? Did you get tickets already? Uh, someone got them for me. Oh yeah, Lisa. No. PK. Maybe. Is he gonna make you drive too? Uh, Charged him a service fee. No, I, not that I know of. So yes, you're driving. I, I don't know. He didn't say anything about that. So, yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to admit it. I No, I haven't thought about it until you just brought that up. If you do drive, will you tell me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little hesitant all of a sudden. <laughs> Should I pull up in front of PK's house with an empty gas tank again? Be like, hey. I'm happy to drive, but uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't have my, I don't have my wallet with me. See, he, this is where he should just step up and volunteer. Just do it. Oh, PK's done me plenty of nice favors through the years. Has he? Probably not. <laughs> no, he has. I uh, we love PK. Yeah, we do. Uh, listen, six to ten every morning, DJ and PK. So it's going to be. I know this isn't our first night without basketball in a while, but it feels like it a little bit. Is it going to be weird not having basketball to watch tonight? Yeah, kind of strange, right? What's on tonight? Anybody? Well, shout Anybody out to Bobby, know? by the way. Winner, Bobby, way win, to go. Win ticket Wednesday. Anything good on? I don't watch live television anymore if it's not sports. It feels like a question from like 2010. Huh. Do you, Austin? Do you watch nope. live television at all if it's not sports? Nope. It's all DVR or streaming. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time it was like, I've got to be in my seat by 7 o'clock because this show is starting. Yeah. I, I've been watching a conspiracy show ah. on Amazon Prime called America's Book of Secrets. Oh, I've heard of it. It's hilarious. That's funny? No, but it is to me. <laughs> well, how so? Well, just conspiracies are interesting and at times laughable. There have been a few times where I went, hmm, that, I, can, I can buy into that one. but Any legitimacy to Uh The episode about the Pentagon is fascinating. Really, really fascinating. Yeah. Give us a little hint. Well, I like what? Uh, well, the, the info regarding the rebuild after uh, the 9-11 attack uh-huh. and the things that went into making sure that a plane can never make it that far inland again that's not supposed to be. Oh, oh like the, what? They have like lasers? Maybe. They don't say exactly what, but they put they they put the screws to a guy under a spotlight, and he finally goes, "What do you want me to die? I can't tell you what is up there, but something's up there." So, if anybody tried to fly near the Pentagon, vaporized. Wow. 
There's one about the Freemasons. Found that one hit home a little too close. Are you a Freemason? Apparently. Really? <laughs> you mean some sort of connection between you and uh, the your particular choice of faith? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I have a, so check it out, Jake. I have a quick uh, <laughs> sports-related question for you. I know right. time is a, a tad short in this segment. And but but here's the thing: I'm a little torn on a Ben Simmons-related topic. <laughs> okay, what? So the world has finally woken up to the fact that he stinks. Yeah, and uh, he, he, it's it's like your life's uh, fulfilling <laughs> fulfilling moment. Right? Everybody finally realized, like, wow, this guy Jake was right all along. <laughs> so he he committed, and Doc Rivers had comments and talking about the offseason. He's not going to go play for the Australian national team because he's going to get his. He's going to. Come back with a jump shot, which, of course, we've been hearing for his entire career. But this year is going to be different. Can you he's buy actually, one of those down at Costco? He's actually going to work on it. He's going to go into the gym, go into the lab, as they say, and come back with a jump shot. I see does that every year over the past five, yeah, four years. Yeah, exactly. But now, I think this was just yesterday, Ben has surfaced at Wimbledon with a, a new girlfriend. who is a, Her name's Maya Jemma, M-A-Y-A. J A M A. Maya Jamma? I think she's a, of Insta- Instagram fame, like an Instagram model or something. Oh. I don't know. It, it, not really relevant to the story. But Ben Simmons is getting grilled a little bit for being at Wimbledon well, as opposed be to being in the lab working on his jumper. And I can't decide if that's fair or not. Because even basketball players, oh, yeah. No, it, it's not fair. You're crazy. He should be allowed to take a little bit of a vacation. I mean, he's right. And is it supposed to be chained to the? Is he supposed to be chained to the stanchion in the workout room, or can he also fit in a, a few shots this evening after Wimbledon? But see, if I were in man, if I were in management for the Sixers, I'd like to like, like him to be chained inside the the workout facility because yeah, I, my franchise really needs him to have a jumper and actually but, not chained to the stanchion, maybe uh, twenty five feet away. Like and so, but. I mean, he just got done with a year. He should be allowed to yeah. go on vacation. Oh, I, I think that it's a little said. undue criticism, yeah, right? I mean, he's a clearer said, and he's with uh, Maya Slamajama. What, what's her name? I knew. Gordon and I shared an eye look when you said her name, and I knew that's what he was thinking. Yeah. I hear you, brother. I, I, I think somebody has to be able to have a little time to... Recoup. Let's criticize him for uh, going to Wimbledon. How about that? Oh, I'd Why? go to Wimbledon in a heartbeat. <laughs> I only said it because you're both tennis yeah. elitists. Blasphemy. But see, uh, here's the thing, you know. You can call I me like, a hater see, of Ben Fetter, by the way, lose in yeah. three straight sets? What's he's, that all about? He's boring and now he stinks. He got goose egged at the end. Uh, boring. Boring. He is boring, and now you now he does. So now now he really stinks. All right, but so but ben here's Simmons. an opportunity. Everybody, you know, call me a Ben Simmons hater or whatever. I'd love to pile on this guy, but I don't think I I think this is uh, fair. Although I will say, from a PR standpoint, maybe you don't need to you know get photoed and making out in public. Maybe you can just try to. Blend is that what in. he's doing? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I I think these are human beings who need some time off, and it probably will do them some good. You know, if you when he's going to go, I like who was it who said that I I live hard, I play hard, I work hard. I mean, you should be able to do other things, and it probably will help him. If he's doing nothing but stressing about it all the time, that ain't going to help. 
No, I think he needs to put in the work, and we'll see if he does. I kind of well, doubt. yeah. When he gets, my point is that when he when it comes time to go out there and work on that shot, then work hard, brother. But like uh, the Jazz had a disappointing ending to the season, but nobody would be bent out of shape if photos surfaced of one of the players vacationing or something, right? It's almost like there's this bitterness. There's this feeling of, hey, he's having a good time. He's he's out at Wimbledon with uh, Maya Slama. What's her name? Maya Jamma. Can we? Get I know. I don't. I don't. It's know. not funny. The know, joke I, is not funny. I didn't even mean. Uh, it's Maya Jamma. But when you're okay, paying- so so he's out there with her, and she's probably attractive, and he's having a good time. And people, I mean, sometimes people get angry at that. They don't want him to have a good time because because he's because he sucked in the playoffs. But part of it is like if you do suck. But you um, conned an NBA franchise into giving you a lot of money. Don't you owe it to them to get better? Yeah, but who's going to say he's not going to get better just because he's taking one little break? Yeah, but then if you come back and don't get better, then is it— he should have worked harder. Is the criticism valid? I don't know. I think I think you got to give Ben Simmons some is going to make thirty-one and a half million dollars next year. Thirty-three point nine million the year after, thirty-six million the year after that, and thirty-eight-six the year after so that. So does that mean he has to become a robot? That he's chained to the gym from now until kingdom. But come? isn't it reasonable to expect him to live up to his salary? Yeah. Okay. But why is his presence at Wimbledon uh, inhibiting that? He can't live in the gym. Well, he could. Oh. Uh, Oh. I mean, he could not be at Wimbledon and be at home in the gym, yeah. Yeah, but that, is that going to make him better? Maybe. It's not going to make him worse. Well, it might. If he's burned out. So he, he should do nothing in the offseason? No, I'm just saying for one little vacation, it's probably okay. I tend and to, then he's refreshed and come back and work hard. I tend to agree with you, but at the same time, like the, the criticism of folks that are overpaid, quote-unquote overpaid, because who are we to decide that, I suppose? But, I mean, part of me... Doesn't feel bad for you. He's a human being. Who's making $33 million so a So what? Year. You have to suffer now? No, but expectations come with compensation. <laughs> He's with Maya Pama, whatever her name is. Stop it. I, I regret even saying the name. It's such like a non-factor to this story. In fact, I regret him like saying he was even with a woman. It really doesn't matter. He's making out with her oh, in public. All right, more next. 97.5-1280 The Zone. <laughs> Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone, the top 1660 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hanson Scotty announced another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as to count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 1660 brought to you by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, it's time to get to a little 20 seconds of baseball brought to you by Peach Window and Door. For more than 25 years, Peach Window and Door has been providing su- uh, superior quality windows, doors, and customer service to the Wasatch Front. Call them today, 801-566-1255. That's 801-556, excuse me, 1255. 
Uh, let's get to it. It's uh, time for 20 Seconds of Baseball. And now it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball with the big show's Austin Horton right here on the Zone Sports Network. The Dodgers have pulled all Trevor Bauer merchandise from their souvenir stands and have canceled Bauer Bobblehead Day next month in reaction to his alleged sexual assault. Shohei Otani hit his 32nd home run today, setting a new record for homers in a single season by a Japanese player. And the Bees are off tonight, starting a six-game homestand tomorrow night at Smith's Ballpark and on 1280 The Zone. All right. Tune in. Catch a little clowky. Get your clowky on. Yeah. Uh, no complaints about doing that. Have you ever just sat back and just flipped that radio on, just listen to Steve uh, work his wonders and just, you know, let your let baseball just sort of the imagination in your mind paint the pictures as you're listening to his his words? I've listened to Steve before, but I don't know if I'd describe <laughs> it like that. I, I just like it. It brings back memories when I was a kid listening to the radio and when my beloved Phils were playing. When Arnold Rothstein fixed the World Series. <laughs> and it was a bit all down. It was controversial. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. He's been hanging out with us all day. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Here to help you with your relationships. If you've been dealing with ED, stop doing it. You don't need to do it anymore. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, that's right. You don't need to struggle anymore, even if you don't feel like you should be struggling in the first place. You're too young. You're too healthy. The technology that we use at Wasatch Medical for erectile dysfunction, gentle pressure waves. It's about a 10-minute treatment. No pain, no recovery time. It repairs the blood vessels, improves blood flow, and has helped so many guys improve the intimacy, the frequency, get rid of the ED. What a great thing for relationships. Yeah, and that's the thing. And we've been talking about this a lot today, I suppose, Andrew, but it's important, you know, relationships. There's more than one person involved in these whole things. That's right. ED doesn't just affect the man. Uh, it affects his significant other and definitely overall happiness. To see guys uh, leave our clinic after they've done the treatments, we uh, gauge their feedback. Hey, how you doing? How have results been? And they tell us time and time again, uh, what a sense of relief. The stress is down. Improvements in the bedroom. It has such a ripple effect on our life. And I tell you, your relationship with your loved one, it will improve, and I think happiness comes with that. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000 with uh, the promotion today. You're taking all the risk out of this thing. That's right. We say leave your wallet at home, call us, and take the free, the assessment exam and the blood flow ultrasound with our medical doctor, no charge. We'll also give you the little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You're going to love that. It's worth the trip. And if you're feeling a little empty in the tank, blood work and testosterone comes along to our new patients for free as well. Uh, it's a ton of value. The first step in getting rid of the erectile dysfunction, uh, call us. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, really appreciate it, guys. Back at you, buddy. 801-901-8000. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Gordon, what, what are we going to do tonight without basketball? I don't know. I was just trying to figure out uh, there's got to be some source of entertainment for us, Jake. Uh, take the little ones out to the out to the park or something? No. Uh, I don't know about it's that. It's kind of hot. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of late. How about, like, uh, go get a cool treat? You know, like a... Like a uh, uh, I don't know, uh, like a snow cone or something. Are you talking about going somewhere? You know what effort it takes to go somewhere <laughs> with a with a four year old and a two month old? Not See, a chance. So when you go home, the door shuts and You're that's staying. it, baby. Yeah. You know oh, how much crap you have to throw into your car just to go down the block? <laughs> uh, I almost uh, stopped by your house the other day. Oh yeah. I got on a bike. Yeah. All right. You should it, come it was, stop by anytime. It, it was a. Uh, I did. I got back on it. Good for you. First time. Actually, I've done it twice now. But uh, I was going to swing by your house, and Lisa said, ah, they don't want to be bothered. Yeah, breeze on by anytime. We're always happy to see the Monsons. They're always happy to not answer the door. That's happened before. I mean, that's why we have doorbell cameras. <laughs> it wasn't not. Jake's a- got a camera on everything. I didn't know that. But- it's not. I, we didn't answer the door. You <laughs> called me, and I didn't get the phone call in time. What are you going to do tonight other than stay stay home? I'm going to bed. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting both kids sleeping as soon as possible, and then I'm sleeping. What time would that be? Oh, man. What time is it now? Up uh, Coming up on 7? If it could be, you know, 7.05. When's, is that when the coast is clear? No. When is? As soon as possible. <laughs> okay. What's Naz going to do while you're sleeping? Oh, I don't know. I think she's going out with her friends tonight. Oh, again? What do you mean again? She didn't go out with her friends last night. She's going out with her friends tonight. Oh, I, did she go out with her friends the night before last or something? Oh, she had something. She had something. No, she's on the neighborhood council. She had like a council meeting. Oh, all right. <laughs> Not that I'm keeping track of Seriously. your wife's movements or anything. but Or the neighborhood happenings. You guys yeah. live in the same neighborhood. Uh, well, I hope you have fun, whatever you're doing. It's and not going to be fun, I promise you. Jake, you're embrace it, man. These are your loved, loved, beloved children. I'm embracing it just fine. <laughs> it sounds like you are. You're dreading it. I don't regret anything, but I just, it's not going to be like uh, going home to a party. <laughs> okay. By the way, big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show. That's our friends at Big O Tires. It's the final week of Big O's Buy 3, Get 1 free sale. Hurry in and don't forget to take advantage of their pay-nothing financing options. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.